morning, Susan. It's not good morning. Oh, it's not. Oh, only just. Like 40 minutes. It's good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon, Susan. <laughs> good start. Uh, How whatever. are you? Like, you know, this comes out in that the morning. That comes exactly. It People could be are anytime. probably listening to it, it in could the morning. Be anytime. <laughs> I know, waiting with bated breath for the next episode to drop. <laughs> oh, um, dear. Hilarious. So, as we always start our podcast, what was the best thing you ate this week? Oh, well. I made delicious chicken soup oh, last night for oh, it's dinner. It's that sort of weather too. It's been so cold. It so is. And my husband's a big old Aussie bogan who thinks soup's not a meal. And he wasn't <laughs> home. He was away. He's taking some sort of leave at the moment and he went on a motorbike ride with some mates. So he wasn't home. So we had soup and it was a meal. <laughs> and it was delicious. Um, my good old pressure cooker. Winning again. Fantastic. So. And what about you, Meg? What have you yeah. eaten? Well, I think everything's been a little bit more normal this week. Haven't gone out anywhere. Haven't done anything fancy. Haven't cooked any sort of special meals. I've done a few more recipe to eat things, which have been good. So I've done oh, the, wow. um, what do we do? The pork Sichuan noodles. And we've done her Charlie <gasps> stir fry sauce. And so those are all fine. Um, but the thing that actually I remember being like, oh, this is so good. Is the same as it was a few weeks ago, which is the biggest <laughs> <Turkish roll. laughs> And again, it's the same thing. We're dropping hungrier than I expected. Yes. I was like, oh, I really need to eat like something right now. Yep, and because yep, yep. it was so good last time, I was like, I'm going to give that another go. And it had like, like not fennel seeds, maybe caraway seeds or something. Oh, yeah. it, had, like, it had like a spicy mix on it that I don't remember from last time. And it was so it was good. So again, had half of it in the car and half of it with hummus when I got home. And again, delicious. it was so delicious. So yeah, that's me. So you're still on your recipe to needs. Challenge? I'm still on the challenge. I'm I'm slowing down because I'm not feeling stressed. So when I started, there's like almost 200 recipes and it was already three months of the year gone. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I really have to smash it out. So yeah. I was doing like five or six a week. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I have realized that I only have a hundred and something left and we've got heaps of time. Yeah. So I'm still doing it like, I still have done three, I think. It's still my, when I'm sitting down to do my planning for the meals, I still will first of all look through the book and go, is there anything here that appeals? It's yeah, going to be yeah, easy. Yeah. It's going to work around soccer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And preferences, like you were saying, like my husband also doesn't really think soup is a meal. Oh, with toast, cheesy yeah, toast, he will. Yeah. But it's not preferred. It's lunch, but it's yeah. not dinner. <laughs> so anyway, he doesn't it's like so pork funny. as well. So and again, he'll eat it totally happily without complaint. Um, but I just know it doesn't it's really like his it. Favorite, so yeah. I'll have that on night is out. So if it fits with my planning to do a couple, yeah. I will. But I'm not feeling like I have to kind of go out of my well, way I to do. I, um, I told them. you when I was in Kmart the other day, I saw the book and I had my youngest daughter with me and I was telling her <laughs> about it. Like she's 12. And my crazy friend with a crazy yeah, yeah, challenge. Yeah. And then she wanted to know how old your kids were. And I was like, oh, pretty close to you yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 14, 12, 9. Like, yeah, and I, I hope they're like not fussy or something like that because she was looking <laughs> at some of the recipes. I was like, no, no, they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're struggling a little bit with – they don't love, like, beans, like legumes and stuff, but yeah. they're okay with them, Yeah, um, like chickpeas and beans and stuff. So there's been a few dishes where those are featured heavily, but because it's part of the challenge, they're like – I'm oh, like, sorry, guys, what's the mean? You just have to. Yeah. And so we did, like, a French – it's like um sausage baked with – Thing. It oh, was surprisingly good. Like I it was really quite delicious. Thought I invented. I actually, 
I do one of those. I thought I invented it. I did not invent it, it turns out. Well, you might have. This one has, um, you do a crumb on the top as well. Oh. Like you, you mix some like panko breadcrumbs with some herbs and salt and pepper. Yum. And then you sprinkle that on the top in, as the last step. So it yeah. gets kind of, so you've kind of got this bit of crunch, then you've got yeah, the yeah. beans and the carrot and the sort of stuff underneath. Oh, yeah. and you've cooked um, speck or bacon or I found Hello. the Harris Farmy thing down the road, a chunk of prosciutto. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's what I used because yeah, it was yeah. quite cheap because it was just a little endy bit yep, that they yep. don't want to slice. Um, oh, the flavour of that was so good. So <laughs> that was pretty delicious, actually. It was even better heated up the next yeah, day for, sure. for lunch. It was very yeah. good. So, yeah, I'm still plugging away. But, yeah, the kids are... There's been a few things too hot, a few yeah. things, you know, and that's fine. They just, she reckons she um, might, like, she and the girl, like, the three of them, if I get the book, they might do it. I love it. Yes. Oh, I know. Awesome. <laughs> whatever better. helps. Whatever yeah. helps. I was like, okay, because she's in year seven now, so she, they're doing food tech, and she's been quite, oh, quite interested cool. in, you know. And the videos, like, all the recipes will have a little video yeah, they can watch, so yeah, there's a little yeah. QR code you can scan that's and clever. watch the video. Yeah. And that, so my boys have cooked the... Um, recipe tin eats apple crumble quite a few times and it's quite easy but it's delicious um and it's i think in part because they've seen the video they go oh yeah i can do that Um, and even with her tricky recipes that normally i'd look in a book and just be like yeah no too much too fully or too hard i don't know i don't don't really want to do that you watch her little video and you're like oh yeah i can do that even if it's like 12 steps (laughs) you can still do it so, oh, that'll be good. I know. Um, and kind of, sort of, brings us into the topic we're going to talk yeah, about today. Yeah, yeah, yes. Which is when our own eating or planning decisions is strongly impacted by those around us, like our family. Mm. Um, and Susan and I were talking about how quite often we'll have a client perhaps come to us because their child's um, really struggling with expanding their horizons or really fussy or limited eating. Um, and we realise after a conversation with the parent that actually, you know, the parent's dieting behaviour or restrictive behaviour or resistance or whatever it might be is probably feed a, a big part of what's actually yeah. feeding the child's limited eating. Not always, but it's fairly common. You know, I've certainly had cases where really, really um, struggling to expand kids and parents are doing like quite a restrictive like keto diet or something like that. Yeah. So they're never eating with them. There's no modelling. They're not eating those foods in front of them. Yeah. And so that's you know, often our consults will sort of head to actually spending a bit of time with the parents or, and this is probably more common, parents come in wanting to sort of perhaps improve the dietary quality or <laughs> find mm. it, find, find food less difficult or whatever. Yeah. And then after this discussion, you realize, well, there's some really significant feeding dynamics going along with yeah. when the kid will eat and what the kid will eat or what the husband yeah, will eat and, yeah. and their own choices and desires of what they want to eat. Yeah, is not really like, happening because of often, um, all the other stuff around Yeah, that. how often people have got, like, you know, I mean, you know how much, you know how much you like food prep changes when you become a parent. Totally. <laughs> We're even a lot less bolognese now. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. It was always, it's always bolognese. You think about, like, there are those moments where you're like, I never want to eat bolognese again. <laughs> But, you know, when you're like when everyone's tired or everyone's busy and mm. the easy option, the no resistance option. Totally. It's get, still bolognese in my house. It is still bolognese <laughs> in our house as well. Um, but sometimes you can lose the um, that sort of focus on the bigger picture of like growing and developing yeah. like your child's palate or, you know, yeah, like 
people have um, difficulty, I suppose, like you were saying with, with some of the dishes you've been making, that they haven't been people's favourites. Yeah. And, like, what's the language around that yeah. to, well, you can you can change it mm. or... How could we make this more appealing? How about... Add some tomato sauce. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We've got a big pile of bread and butter on the table. Yeah. Do you want to, like, dip that into, you know, so you can start to... But the... Um, the difficulty, I suppose, with expanding or working sort of with resistance can be um, sort of end up with, you know, everybody following quite a limited diet or um, eating Just sort of boring what and, the blandest yeah, eater yes. will eat. And we found, and this is something I certainly like highly recommend, which has come from, I guess, the Ellen Satter Division of Responsibility uh, work, yes. which is sort of basically the parents do the what, where, when, and the kids do how much, if any. Once the food's on the table and there is, you've paid some attention to um, preferences, but without pandering to them, you've got some options there that are access, you know, acceptable to the kids, even if it's just grated cheese. Um, then your job's done and you can sit down and eat. And so think taco night, but with all your normal mm. foods. And we noticed that when the kids were little, so we would have. You know, you've got your mince, you've got your cheese, you've got your salads all kind of cut up separately. Yes. And they might have another plate that's got the coriander and the chilli and the lime and whatever. The hot sauces. sauces. <laughs> Jalapenos. Yeah, that's right. Jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, at, you know, when the kids were little, they weren't going anywhere near that, but they watched us being excited by it going, oh, I'm adding yes. this. Why are you adding that? Oh, yes, well, yes, because it does yes. this. And then over time, we no longer have to do the dividing up. But we did everything deconstructed. Yes. For many, many years. Yes. Like it wasn't like, hey, here's salad on the table. It was, here's all the different things. I'm putting it all in because I like all of it. What are you putting in? Yes. What are you, you putting in yours? And like, we're, we're the same. You know, one, my middle child is has been an adventurous eater from the minute she started eating. Mm. And my oldest and youngest are both far more cautious. And so, you know, we'll often do. A meal like and so whether it's um you know even if it's like a you know a, a naturally deconstructed sort of meal like a barbecue mm. um but yeah you know like one of them will quite happily have beetroot avocado carrot and mayo um and that's her that's the extent of mm. her vegetable excitement and um you know my middle child will have all of it except she hasn't beetroot so she doesn't have that yeah and then my oldest now because she's 18 like her her repertoire has expanded phenomenally but you know like that wasn't always the case and I think being able to um hold space for the opportunity to try yes and the opportunity to go actually no I don't like that yet Mm. that language is very 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 helpful in that and I think you know so often we kind of forget treat kids so different and kids are different to adults but we often treat them so differently around food in not in a great way like could you imagine a friend comes over and you've kind of put a spread out um and then as they're building their sandwich you go are you gonna have some more ham on that or you're like jumping and go maybe you should add some vegetables like we just wouldn't get in we just don't do that with adults because the alternative oh you won't eat that yeah that's right you won't like that yes i hear that so often oh they won't have that yes like wow they won't now um and and maybe they won't but now they are even more rigid in their belief that they never will yes um so again just even yet oh we're not really you know particularly 
I guess the reverse, we're kind of moving off what we were going to talk about today, but when other people are trying to get involved in you eat this before you eat that or you have to have some broccoli or whatever. Mm-hmm. I sort of used to jump in with, oh, they don't have to. It'd be great to just – we're just learning about that at the moment. Yep, we're not yep. really up to eating that yet. Yeah. Um, rather than those black and white, you have to have this or you you can't have that. I think often too for, for parents particularly, it comes back to pressure to do it right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that you're – you know, and the – let's go with accidental competitiveness that can happen. Mm. Like, well, my child's eating da-da-da, olives yes. and anchovies and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, really? Mine's eating sausages and tomato Chicken sauce nuggets. and nuggets, yeah. Um, but, like, there's almost like a – it comes like, – and where that sort of sits is that hierarchy of foods as yeah. well. These things are healthy. Mm. These things are good for you. These things are, you know, junk or fast foods or lazy foods or whatever. Um you know, rather than food being food and food being experiential, I think adults were going into that feeding dynamic with pressure. Yes. And pressure on the outcome, not the process. That's right. So rather than, hey, this is an opportunity to, yes, we need to have full tummy so you can hopefully sleep through the night. Yeah. But also, um, maybe not. Or not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Less likely than they will. Um, and... So it becomes really focused on what are you eating, how much are you eating, are you getting in, as opposed to, hey, here's another exposure opportunity, this is the how, this is the modelling, this is the, you know, this is eating time, and then we shut the meal down and we move on with our day. And I think, too, the way we have been sort of schooled to talk about food, we don't really talk about the sensory the stuff you know the taste and the texture and the temperature color that's right and maybe like you know we don't actually talk about how much we're enjoying it because maybe we aren't Mm. as well you know so going into not just with pressure on ourselves perhaps as parents to make sure we you know feed our child enough because maybe they might sleep or feed our child (laughs) well or that our child is like a quote-unquote good eater um, but then we've got our own food stuff yeah. yes. that where we've got pressure for all of those things for us as well. Mm-hmm. Or there's someone else in the family. Like maybe yeah. it's, you know, we're getting comments from dad who's sitting there or going, I parents. Or, or grandparents yeah, who yeah, are yeah. very different yep. as well. Yeah. So there's so many things that influence our, I guess, our comfort at a meal time or at a, at a meal occasion that then flows into how secure we are in encouraging and mm. supporting and uh, yeah, modelling and um, all of those things that, that are helpful for our child yeah. or our children. And if we're at the um, table so caught up in what they're eating and not even necessarily connecting to our own staff or always putting never creating any sense of discomfort or any sense of challenge just even in the arena of eating, then we're going to end up pretty very narrow with yeah our own. <laughs> i remember you talking about the there's and i've used it often in consults when i'm talking to families like oh my friend meg um but the butter chicken incident where i think uh, you know dinner was a bit later than yeah. usual it was butter chicken it was a different butter chicken i think it might have been the same it was just it was just a child just, having a three-year-old having a three-year-old yeah moment. yeah yeah and um yeah just 
a meal that had been perfectly acceptable at many, many times before was completely <laughs> inedible yeah. today. And we knew that from the signs early. Like I remember the day so clearly. This... Oh my goodness! Like we had swimming <laughs> lessons, so dinner was late. He was. It was a preschool day. He was beside himself with hunger and tiredness before we got to the meal. So I just knew this is not happening. Like he is not going to happily sit and eat his um, his butter chicken and rice, which normally you're happy with. So he's like, I just put on some peanut butter sandwiches on the table. So the table looks like ridiculous butter chicken in a bowl, rice rice in a bowl, salad salad ingredients in their own bowls, and And a plate of peanut butter sandwiches. sandwiches. And he had peanut butter sandwiches and then proceeded, because I still put all the other stuff in front of him, he still proceeded to eat it all. But if I had just been like, no, you must eat that, that's the only option. And anyone else could have had a peanut butter sandwich. They, they could have. No it. one did because that would be would... weird. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. But, you know, satay. That's true. And actually, no, that's not even Indian. No, it's never not. mind. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's not always going to be the same as well. Yes, I think that's yes, the other yes. part of it is that some days are just stuff that worked yesterday is not going to yeah. work today. And I think having that sort of respect for your child Mm. that you understand and can see sort of where they're at and what they're what they're struggling with maybe or that they are struggling and you can make some accommodations without it being like okay you know we no one gets butter chicken tonight no one gets or we all have a miserable time yeah yeah so focused around this kid having to eat yes yeah butter chicken in this example yeah 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 so, no, it definitely um, adds flexibility. And, again, like we talk so often, um, like, structures or tools and things that are there to support the way we want to eat or the way we want to feed our families, we want to keep them as tools and not yes. turn them into these really rigid weapons that make us feel better or worse or actually we cling to even yeah. though they're not working. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think the that division of responsibility, and we can always talk about that more if people are interested, um, is one of those things that it sounds rigid when you talk about yeah, it. Look, and then when you put it into practice. I reckon that's actually probably worth an episode on its own is the current discussion about the models that we know to come from like really compassionate standpoints, really sort of honouring, um, you know, individualities and like, the, the actual lived experience that people have, um, how often they are turned into mm. another diet. Yeah. 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 Something you're doing right or you're doing wrong. Yes, something that absolutely. Like I, you. I've seen quite a few discussions around, like for like around, say, intuitive eating, but around also the Ellen Satter um, mm. division of responsibility as well, like as if, I mean, I don't know if I've been interpreting it wrong, but I never interpreted them as black and white rules. No, no. Frameworks, frameworks. Yes. A supportive, like, keeping you sort of contained. And being able to, as a bit of a, um, almost a bit of an audit tool of like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm feeling Where are a lot we of at stress. Today? I'm yeah, feeling yeah. a lot of pressure. Something's not working here. What what might be the, the yeah, key to yeah, that? And, yeah. Um, so I think maybe we do put that on to have a chat specifically yes. through yeah. maybe Ellen's out of one and, maybe, and intuitive eating. Yeah. Um, because I guess the other thing I wanted to touch on um, today is just the same as we want to make sure we're sort of meeting the child where they're at and helping with their coming to the table calmly and knowing there's not going to be pressure and with acceptable foods. We also don't want to completely um, 
forget that we have food preferences. Yes. And I think that happens to parents so often because they will. They will yes. eat chicken nuggets and tenders and bolognese yes. for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Yeah. Um, but that actually I don't think is helpful for the kids learning that they're not the only person considered. That's, um, yes. yes. And a way that I often recommend people doing, this is what we do in our family as well, um, is that we... We'll sit down and do the planning together quite often. I'll yeah. say, hey, is there anything you really want this week? And if the kids are like, yeah, I want Oscar loves this fried gnocchi dish with basically bolognese on the top of it yep. um, or whatever, um, I'll go, cool, yeah, we'll have that on Tuesday or we'll have this on Wednesday. And all the kids kind of get to choose a night um, where it's their meal. And then when they come to the table, invariably going, I really like this. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, well, this is one Oscar chose and it's his favourite and we're having what you want yes. tomorrow. And being in a family means sometimes you eat what you love and sometimes you make do with what other people like. And so then if it's something I'm choosing, I'm like, yeah, I get to choose too sometimes. Yeah, I know you don't yeah. love salmon, but you know what? I love it and I don't get to eat it very often and we're having salmon and that's part of being in a family. So you don't have to eat it, but it's the option. And I think you'll actually like it because I know you taste pretty well. Yes. Um, and that works really nicely to have kids involved in the planning at the right time so it's yep. not what do you want for dinner tonight no because no. <laughs> that's not going to work and they're all going to fight and it's all going to be awful um but finding getting the involvement at the right time that respects their preferences your preferences and helps them learn that unless you're going to grow up and have a a job that allows you to have a personal chef and get exactly what you want yep. exactly when you want it every day you need to learn competence around eating. You need to That's, learn to be able yes, to make do. Exactly. Um, and sometimes just get the job done. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that's, you know, I think that making do is an undervalued skill. Absolutely. Totally is. Because how many times have you been in a situation where you've bitten into something and gone, oh, oh no, I don't really, really don't this. like this, and there is no spitting no it out? No. no. The other day, actually, for the first time, I think ever, uh, or for many, many years, um, I just grabbed an up and go out of the fridge because I don't like them very much at all. Um, but my kids quite like them and they're very useful on an early soccer morning um, because I was running out to something and I just knew there wasn't going to be food on the way. I think I was going to the physio or something. Yes. And I was really hungry, but it had to be something I could carry with me like in the car, yeah. also a bit thirsty. And I was like, oh, I'll grab one of those. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Energize, up and go. Um, and, yeah, I didn't love it. It was fine. But it was fine. Yeah. Like, the first mouth was a bit sticky and a bit like, oh, that's a bit thick. I don't really love that. But it totally did the job. Yeah. It meant that I was able to do the next, you know, hour or so, get all the things done, come back and have yeah. the meal I actually wanted. And, like, it's so – it frees you up so much to be able to make do. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say to lower your standards. Lower your standards. That sounds that too. I mean, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but really, like, I think having that sort of sense of – you know, food being food, it's fuel. Yes, it's enjoyment. Yes, it's pleasure. You let, it's nutrition. It's all of those things. And our bodies are really resilient. Yeah. They can totally really, <laughs> really manage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes it might even be um, with people are feeling sort of really rigid in their eating around sort of healthy eating or clean eating, you lose so much of that ability to make do. Yes. Um, because or so many options are suddenly not yeah. available to you. And so you're more likely to underfuel, undernourish, and have a significant increase in your stress. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we're doing this in pursuit of health, mm. if it's actually increasing our stress levels to achieve our nutrition goals or our food goals, or then you know it's counterproductive in a way. Absolutely. Um, so you know, I guess that's you know when we're thinking about the sorts of 
like work we're doing like with our planning workshop that we're going to have for our challenge our planning challenge and the course we're developing it's really in pursuit of people feeling more confident feeling Mm. more comfortable feeling more um trusting i suppose Mm. of the knowledge that they have and that the skills that they've got and taking that that pressure down yeah and then being able to apply that to their own individual circumstance yep. which is going to be different like we were just talking like i've got three pretty adventure seeders you have one fairly adventurous seater and yep. two not so much yeah um that actually has a huge impact on yes. what you're going to do and that can be okay um yep. if you yep. are also not totally wrapped up and stressed about what yeah people are eating the um you know the number of times you talk to someone who's doing like four different dinners yes I can't oh, imagine no, 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 <laughs> um, no, you know, like that, that's too hard. Mm, that's, yeah. there's too, you have too And there are other ways do. of paying attention to people's individual yeah. preferences um, or limitations if there are sort of um, limitations from allergy or sensory stuff, like there yes. are ways that you can not make four completely different dinners. Yeah. Um, well, sort of, I guess, especially honouring in honouring those, those different yeah. needs, but without, I guess, fully pandering and yeah. bending over to them. But do you think the, the fundamental in all of that is actually the adult having a peaceful relationship with food and, and bodies mm-hmm. before venturing into um, any of those food creation um, experiences, meals, cooking planning preparing so definitely um, yeah so i think even before embarking on any sorts of you know like non-diet approaches really like mm. the foundation like you see that in in um, like the non-diet approach in the workbooks in in all sorts of things is bodily body, acceptance, body trust, trust and, yeah. yeah acceptance <laughs> and trust so um which can be an unlearning and then a relearning um if your trust in your body was undermined from when you were tiny Mm. um for whatever reasons yep yep um then it can be yeah really trying to build that back up yes so i'm not sure we actually really talked that much about what we had planned to talk about but that's okay i think it was still useful (laughs) we hope it was useful um and we as susan mentioned we will have our sort of planning challenge coming up um in june which we're looking forward to and again that'll be the same sorts of um having some scaffolds having some tools and then making sure that they are being used in a supportive way not in a straitjacketing making you feel worse way um so there'll be more information coming out about that soon okay all right well have a lovely day afternoon or morning